This episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep with their free trial. You can learn more at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 75. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we're going to North Judson, Indiana, to hear from Pastor Dan Speckard. He is the pastor of St. Peter Lutheran Church there in North Judson. Pastor Speckard, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Help orient us geographically. We're in Indiana in North Judson. Where is that? Yeah, so uh, North Judson is in the northwest corner of Indiana. Uh, so if you're looking at it on a map, uh, it's going to be near the uh, near the tip of Lake Michigan, uh, not as close as um, some of the towns up there that people might be familiar with, like uh, Chesterton, or or as you get closer to Illinois, you have Gary and and um, uh, some of the Chicago Chicago land area. Uh, North Judson's a little bit southeast of that, but still very much in the northwest corner of the state. I see. Okay, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came there. Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is also in the northwest corner uh, of Indiana, and I went to the universities where I did my undergrad there at Valparaiso University, and I met my wife there. Uh, and then because I was a year ahead of my wife, uh, was really the main reason that I went to the um, uh, seminary in Fort Wayne, and uh, you know Fort Wayne's quite a bit closer to to Valparaiso than uh, than St. Louis is. Uh, but that wound up being a wonderful experience and uh, received my first call to Godfrey, Illinois. Um, that was in 2015. Um, Godfrey, Illinois is, is Southern Illinois, right across the river from, from St. Louis, more or less. And then um, just this past September, uh, I received and accepted a call uh, here to North Judson, which is um, about a half hour away from Valparaiso, so very close to my hometown. Um, and a little bit closer to to both of our families. I see. That's really neat that you get to serve in kind of your around your old stomping grounds. What what would you say are some of the things that make Indiana unique or different than some of the other Midwestern states? Or is there a difference? Can you tell like, oh, I'm in the in Indiana now, or things like that? That's a great question. I think you know Indiana really. Um, uh, doesn't have so much of its own state identity, for better or worse. Um, you know, I think I think the state motto still might be, or, or uh, at least the advertising motto is Crossroads of America. Uh, and I think that's pretty accurate because depending on where you are in Indiana, it really seems to uh, kind of adopt the nearest um, sort of cultural identity um, that some other states tend to have. So uh, like where I'm from, Northwest Indiana, uh, very much oriented towards Chicago land, uh, and then also um, since there's a, um, <laughs> a little bit of a skepticism regarding Chicago in general, uh, you know, oriented also to Wisconsin and has this kind of um, northern Great Lakes uh, sort of cultural identity. But then if you go east towards Fort Wayne, um, you'll get that a very uh, Michigan and Ohio flavor uh, to Indiana. Uh, and then as you head not very far south, Indiana becomes, um, I think, really adopts sort of a southern state 
type of um, uh, type of culture and even has a little bit of a there's a twang as you move south in the state. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I don't know if at least to my knowledge, I don't know if there's anything specifically Indianan uh, about uh, about the culture in any part of the state. I don't want to do a disservice to uh, to the good people of Indiana, but I do think it's sort of a sort of just a, a, a midway point on a lot of different um, regional identities. And it just sort of uh, blends those together a little bit. I see. That's really interesting. So tell us a little bit more for those that aren't familiar with that Chicagoland culture or attitude, or in some cases, it sounded like almost anti-Chicagoland. What, how would you describe that for somebody who's maybe from Washington State or somewhere out east where they have no idea what that means? Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing because there's a, uh, I guess you'd call it a love-hate relationship with, with Chicago. Um, when I was in southern Illinois, there was a, a definite, um, it was not love-hate in southern Illinois with respect to Chicago. It was downright, uh, downright, um, uh, downright hate, I guess you would say. Uh, the you know, just the, the big city versus the small town mentality and, and uh, a lot of uh, perception of corruption in Chicago, which, which is probably not entirely inaccurate. Um, so in southern Illinois, lots of distrust of Chicago. In northwest Indiana, where I am now, um, Chicago has such gravity uh, as a very large city. Uh, so economically and, and in terms of the job market and some of the uh, entertainment industry, um, you know, so much happens in Chicago that you can't help but be drawn into its uh, sort of sphere of influence. And here, um, you know, I think in much of Northwest Indiana, there we feel as though we ought to distrust Chicago. It's Illinois. It's it's big city. It's um, uh, you know all the same concerns that people in Southern Illinois have. But we really, I think people really love being so close to the city. We, most of us identify with the, the Chicago sports teams, um, for instance. Um, so it's, it, I think we, we sort of, uh, there's more positive with respect to Chicago here than, than maybe in some other places. Um, I guess that's how I'd say it. Yeah. I'd see. And that makes sense. And I suppose also, too, that probably more people in your area of Indiana probably have like a nephew or an uncle that commutes into Chicago. So they can't all be that bad, that kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. So uh, here in uh, in North Judson, uh, we're easily an hour and a half away, if not more. And yet we have people who uh, people who commute into Chicago. And so there is a, a definite relational connection. Um uh, which is fine. And I think the other thing with Chicago is in the context of like American cities, it's always had this, um, it's sort of a blue collar Midwest. It's not, it's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. Um, so I do think there is something to the identity of Chicago that resonates with um, the Midwestern psyche. And, and we feel that here for sure. I see. So before I ask my questions about what you like and what, what are some of the challenges about North Judson? Help orient us a little bit better to the kind of town that it is. How big is it? We've talked about how it's about an hour and a half away from Chicago. Just kind of give us some more general information about North Judson. Yeah, so North Judson is a, uh, a very small town. It has about 2,000 people. And uh, it used to be slightly bigger, as I understand it. Now, I haven't been here very long, so uh, don't, uh, don't quote me too much on, on the exact history of the town. 
it's a definitely small rural farming community for the most part. Uh, it used to have a little bit of an industry with railroad came through here, uh, but doesn't anymore. Um, but there's some remnants of that. Um, in a lot of ways, it looks like hundreds and hundreds of little small towns in, in this part of the country suffering somewhat from demographic decline, but not definitely not a full-blown um, economic collapse or anything like that. Um, it's just a, a little town with, uh, it doesn't quite have its own grocery store. It has like a, a produce store, uh, which is great. Um, and then a few, uh, like we have a Dollar General and a Burger King and a Subway, a few of those types of things. For the most part, a, a pretty little town and a, a really, seems to be a really wonderful community. That's great. Let's then talk about that wonderful community. What would you say are some of the best things about North Judson? Well, I think one of the things that really attracted my family to this place was the, the possibility of raising our children in a town where people would know their name. Um, you know, the, the Valparaiso, where, where I grew up, is a town of, of almost uh, 35 or 40,000, which I know isn't is hardly a large a large town or much less a city. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's large enough that the you know your kids are more or less anonymous uh, unless there's a um, uh, connection. Um, Godfrey was a similar thing where I was previously. Uh, very Godfrey and Valparaiso were very similar uh, places, both wonderful places, but large. So yeah, the the community here is is very part of being small is that it's close knit. The people that are here in general have been here for a long time. Uh, not as a, an iron fast rule, but there are a lot of families who have been here for you know generations and generations farming this land for generations and generations. And we were really, really excited about the prospect of being a part of that a community with such deep roots and having our children be a part of that. Yeah, sort of to be a part of that that legacy that you just talked about. Yeah, yep, for sure. That makes sense. On the flip side, what are some of the challenges about being there? Well, I think, you know, as with any any small town, there are obviously limitations economically. Uh, you know, there, there's just sort of uh, less less by way of um, opportunity for in, in any number of arenas. There's less on offer in terms of whether it's you're talking about trying to do something on a Friday night or or if you're in the job market. I mean, there's just not uh, not quite as much happening now we're where we're located geographically there are larger towns close enough that that's not a huge deal um but i think that's a challenge i think that um you know from the from a ministry perspective uh there's there's good and there's bad with uh, a community with deep roots i mean on the one hand you have people who who have been here and you know probably they would say they're going to be here no matter what uh for a long time but when you have multiple families that have been in the same place for a long time. I mean, those relationships are, are really, really old. And if, uh, if there's any sort of, um, you know, you hate to call it bad blood, but if there's any sort of grudge or, or, or disagreement, it, it tends to stick around because nobody leaves. Everybody's here. <laughs> and, and so um, from a ministry perspective, there is a definite opportunity to work on constantly be working on relationships because it's it's really like a large family. I mean, everybody's connected. The, the bloodlines are, are very much, um, you know, intertwined around here. So, yeah, lots of opportunity there. Absolutely. Let's go on and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. Is Indiana, that part of Indiana, 
more Lutheran? Is it less Lutheran? Is it what is it like there for you? Yeah, there's there's quite a few Lutheran churches uh, in in this part of the state. Um, I think like most of Indiana, Lutheranism is pretty well represented. We are close enough to Valparaiso that there's a there's sort of a um, Valpo has its own sort of history within American Lutheranism and its own approach to Lutheranism uh, that is you know I think really quite distinct. And we uh, we definitely feel some of that here, even in our congregation. But for instance, my predecessor was the uh, was Joseph Cunningham, was sort of a Valpo flair that you wouldn't expect, except that we're geographically uh, geographically um, close, obviously. So, um, but otherwise, I think that as you as you get out of the sphere of, of Valpo's influence, I think Lutheranism in this part of the country is um, pretty pretty standard Midwestern. Um, maybe not like Iowa Lutheranism, but, uh, uh, very, what's the word? Not simple, simple in a profound sort of way. Uh, very straightforward and, and, uh, certainly the proximity to, to the seminary in Fort Wayne, at least in this part of the state, uh, a lot of our churches have a, tend to do worship fairly well, uh, sort of liturgically centered, um, and, um, by and large, confessionally sound, which is which is really really wonderful. Absolutely, you you broke up just a little bit when you were talking about your predecessor was the what? It was the uh, Joseph Cunningham was the former dean of the chapel. Oh, I see. Uh, at, uh, at Valparaiso University, there. Gotcha. So I'm not as familiar with the Valparaiso flavor of Lutheranism. What what exactly did you mean by that? Boy, that that's a big. <laughs> A big question, and I, I uh, uh, don't want to speak authoritatively on it because there are people who who know much better than I do the the role of Valparaiso in, in the history of American Lutheranism. But um, I, you know, I as I said, I went to Valpo. My grandfather was a professor at Valpo, grew up in Valpo. Um, I think what what Valparaiso is putting the best putting the best spin on it. They were a kind of the last best Pan Lutheran project uh, in America. Uh, which is to say that they they had their beginnings prior to the massive cultural divide that's taken place, obviously, over the last uh, several decades. And while they have always, until very recently, were always most closely tied to the LCMS, that wasn't an official tie. They're certainly not, they weren't always as progressive as they are now, but they, they valued uh, ecumenism, they valued uh, sort of their role as a independent Lutheran entity. Unfortunately, over the last several decades, that became such a tenuous position to try to hold, trying to, you know, as the, the branches of American Lutheranism spread, trying to stay in the middle became impossible. And, and I'm sorry to say that, that Valpo has largely, um, it is no longer connected to the LCMS in any, in any way that uh, I think either side would, would want, to, um, want to claim. So that's really unfortunate. But their, their approach to worship I mean, Velpo was was very, very liturgical um, at, at a time when, for uh, much of American Lutheranism, liturgical wasn't um, wasn't very common. I mean, it was it was seen as too Catholic or, or what have you. And, and Velpo used to be a really, really an academic powerhouse. Uh, lots of Lutheran, really, uh, really great Lutheran minds coming out of Velpo for a time there. So uh, there's a history there. Again, I'm not the guy to speak to it in full. If you see it, or if you've seen it, you, you tend to know it. There's a definite flair 
to Velbo Lutheranism. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for giving us the broad strokes there. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, if you like podcasts, you will enjoy Audible. It's a service that gives you an audiobook to listen to each month of your choice from a large library. And they want to get you started with a free trial offer that includes an audiobook that you get to keep. So go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook and start your free trial today. If you're not sure what book to check out, I'd recommend taking a look at Pastor Brian Wolfmuller's Has American Christianity Failed? Pastor Wolf Mueller was a guest on episode 9, and his book on American Christianity goes through the various pitfalls that you see in big box churches as well as American evangelicalism in general. Well worth checking out. Start your free trial today at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Let's get back to our guest. Let's talk a little bit more about how Lutheranism and Christianity in general fits into the culture there. Would you say that North Judson kind of has a Christian ethos or a more secular one or kind of a general civil religion? What what would you say is like the general orientation of the area? Yeah, I, I'm happy to say it's uh, uh, very much a Christian ethos. I mean, this is a this is rural America, um, kind of the small town baseball and apple pie type of thing. And with that comes a, uh, at least on, on the surface, a, a very um, sometimes not unspoken, sometimes explicit sort of Christian mentality. Uh, there are quite a few churches around here uh, and and sort of a understanding that, that most people are going to, to uh, identify with one of those churches. And the way that the town operates, for instance, we still have on, on Wednesday uh, the schools don't do anything on Wednesday nights during the school year. So I, I think they used to call it like a, um, the people, they call it church night. And uh, the town accommodates that, facilitates that, which is great. I do think that, you know, some of the cracks in the foundation that existed in, in other parts of the country that have led to, you know, today, other parts of the country that are full blown, you know, progressive, um, you, you know, I hate to be too critical, but be not as critical as you want. <laughs> you know, but just really these, these kind of nightmarish, uh, 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 context where, where progressive ideology is just run amok. Um, you know, that obviously that didn't happen overnight as, as I'm sure you know. And so, uh, whereas in those places three decades ago, you might've said, okay, there are cracks in the foundation here that three decades later, this could be really bad. I think you can see some of that here. I mean, the, the um, uh, approach to uh, households and families, the, the attitude towards marriage, um, things that, you know, I think would have been uh, not taken for granted, but, but assumed here a generation or two ago, uh, I think you're starting to see that um, weaken somewhat and we all know when that weekends weekends we all know what what comes down the road so definitely something we have to be aware of but by and large still a a very christian type of place i see let's go on and talk about something that you mentioned earlier you talked about one of the attractive things about the area was the opportunities to raise your family there and the good things there let's talk about what it's like to raise a family there 
Yeah, well, and, and having only been here uh, a short time, uh, you know, a lot of this is speculation, but uh, this really is a place where um, already, uh, you know, I, I imagine a big chunk of the town would see my kids and say, oh, that's the new pastor's kids. Uh, and, and I think that there is a, um, uh, for me, there's a real comfort there uh, knowing that my children are going to be a part of uh, not only their their sort of um, natural flesh and blood family, uh, but part of a community to which they can um, uh, be held accountable. Uh, that they're they're not going to be nameless uh, identities who exist only on the internet, uh, only through social media. That they're going to uh, they're going to have uh, real life flesh and blood friends and uh, uh, you know people who. Um, will see them in their uh, in their neighborhood and know something about them. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of places do that in different ways, but a small town like this um, seems like a very just a very natural, organic fit for bringing children up as part of a uh, part of a, a real life community. Absolutely. What are the educational options in the area? Is there a Lutheran school? There is. Yeah. We have a uh, so St. Peter Lutheran Church and School uh, is where I am pastor, and uh, our school is um, uh, certainly where our children children will go. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing. Indiana has the um, um, kind of a version of school choice, so uh, a lot of uh, you know something like seventy five or eighty percent of our student body uh, is non Lutheran. Um, so. Uh, our, our Lutheran school uh, has to work very, very hard at maintaining a, a Lutheran identity uh, while obviously serving the, um, uh, the people in our community academically as well. Um, it's a, a really tremendous thing. We, we're one of the only private schools, much less Lutheran or Christian, Christian um, you know, in our area. And as you move south and east, there are fewer and fewer. So we have kids coming from a half hour or 45 minutes away just to attend a private school like ours. Um, so that's, that's a really exciting thing. And we're, we're preschool through eighth grade. And then just across the road from us, really the main, the one main road in town is the, um, the public school uh, here in North Judson. And uh, we have a really wonderful working relationship with that school. They are, um, you know, far from just not being antagonistic. There's a, a ton of cooperation that happens uh, between the two schools. They're, they're quite a bit larger than we are, um, I don't know how many students they have. We have, you know, 140 or 150. I'm sure they're, uh, gosh, they have to be twice twice as large as that, if not larger. Lots of educational opportunities here. Um, there, there's no Lutheran high school, uh, which is a um, kind of a funny thing uh, in this part of the country. There's no option as far as that goes. But uh, the the high school, the public high school here is very, very solid. I see. Let's go on and talk about what it, some of the things in the area that you'd recommend doing if you have a friend coming into town places to eat things to do what would you recommend sure so um uh, i i have to give a shout out to we have members of our congregation the, the kirstein family they have a uh, kirstein's harley davidson uh, shop and museum uh, is in north judson indiana and it's um uh, seems to be a very big deal now i don't i don't ride motorcycles uh don't know the first thing about them to be honest uh, but that is a, a really big draw. Uh, you'll hear on a, a nice weekend um, motorcycles coming through town to go to that museum. Uh, and the museum is, is uh, uh, really remarkable. I mean, it's not 
it's just a, a motorcycle museum in general. So very, um, uh, goes back to some of the oldest, uh, uh, you know, motorcycles that existed at the start of the century and, and, um, you know, some of the military motorcycles and, and all of the various models that have, um, been developed since. So, um, that's a really, really cool thing. Uh, we do have some great restaurants around here. Uh, my, my family, we eat at, uh, uh, it's, it has a, I forget now the full name. Everybody just calls it route 10, uh, which is a, a bar and a restaurant, uh, right on the, um, right on the highway that runs through town. And, and, uh, I would recommend eating there, um, for, for any meal, anytime, if you're on your way through town. Fantastic. Pastor Speckard, as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Thanks so much. So if you want to uh, learn more about our church and school, uh, the website is a great place to start. It's uh, St. Peter, S.T. Peter, North Judson, all one word, uh, N-O-R-T-H-J-U-D-S-O-N, dot org. Uh, and then also we have a, um, uh, a Facebook page. I forget now the exact, if you just, if you look up St. Peter North Judson, I think we're the only one. Uh, so you'll see, uh, we have a lot of material there. Um, we'd love for anybody to check us out. Obviously, if you're in this part of the country, uh, come on by. Um, there's, uh, maybe not, not a ton happening here. It's small town America, but, uh, we would love to see you and certainly love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. Dear listener, you can find links to all those things that Pastor Speckard just mentioned at the show notes play page. It'll be at lutherancartographer.com slash 75. Pastor Speckard, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Well, just thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, uh, for you know, partaking in this endeavor. I think it's a really, really commendable thing to give Lutherans across the country a chance to connect with one, each, one another and, and um, uh understand that they're not alone. I, I imagine in Washington state, you might feel isolated uh, in some ways culturally, um, but we're, we're with you, if not geographically in spirit and um, uh, wherever you are, uh, we, uh, the, the ties that bind us uh, are deeper than geography, deeper even than our culture. We have the blood of Christ. So uh, we'll stay connected in that way. And, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you again. God's peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash 75. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer to get that free audiobook of your choice, and you can definitely check out Pastor Wolf Mueller's Has American Christianity Failed? as your free Audible audiobook. Get more information at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.